Glory to God. Amen. Well, we are so blessed to have you here this morning. What an honor. What a privilege. Thank you all. Like I said, happy Memorial Day. Praise God. We're just really, really, really praising the Lord there, thanking God for good things. Hallelujah. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So once again, we trust that you'll have a great day tomorrow and be blessed and, and a great day today. Amen. As I said before, this is Pentecost Sunday, so it's, it's the birth of the church. It's, we get to celebrate life today and, and realize the day that we celebrate the day that the Holy Spirit, praise God, made his entrance into the earth here in the sense of Jesus said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to send another comforter, glory to God, someone just like himself. Amen. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. Praise God. Such a blessing, such a joy. Well, if you are here for the very first time, as I look around, but if you're here for the very first time, welcome. Uh, We just are so blessed to have you. And uh, if you are here for the first time, there's a connect card right there in the seat pockets in front of you if you'd like to fill that out and uh, tell us how you heard about us. And uh, we just love to get connected with you. We'd love to just, we just want to say thank you for being here. Amen. So just fill that out. It's also our prayer request card. If you have prayer requests, you guys can fill that out. Anybody can take one of those. Fill it out. Hallelujah. And we'll pray. We'll believe God that he'll answer uh, uh, your prayers. He'll answer our prayers and be a big blessing to you. Amen. Well, we're going to worship God with our tithes and with our offerings this morning. We're so thankful for God's grace and his mercy. Amen. We really, really, truly are. And we're so grateful for you and for all you that are watching. You know how to give online. And if you know how to give, you can give there. Or if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. I'm still old school, at least on Sunday mornings. And uh, Wednesday night, I try to do my phone just to, to make sure I keep myself up on that. But uh, anyways, praise God. Thank you. Thank you all for being blessings. Uh, you know, we're starting our, our roof uh, Tuesday this week. And so we are believing to get it all accomplished. It is exciting. It is exciting. You know, it's going to be with the roof and with the solar and with all the other things that we're doing because we're taking all of our units off here, the AC units and everything, and then putting them back on with new uh, ductwork and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be really close to $300,000. And uh, you guys are so precious, so wonderful. We're just paying cash for that. And... uh, so, but if you want to help out, there has been folks that have given toward that and everything. We've been talking about it. So, uh, but uh, we'll be able just to pay for that and, and be blessed and not have to worry about it. Uh, and thank God for that. It's all because of you, all because of your giving. And you just keep giving, you keep sowing, God keeps doing. Amen. Uh, I keep believing God. We're just going to continue to pay cash for everything that we need to do around here. Letting God be God. That's my goal, my heart, my goal. So you guys are awesome. And uh, so we thank you for that. You know, you give because you love God. Amen. You don't give because you you have to. You give because you want to. And you folks are are amazing. And I just want to brag on you and say thank you. So let's pray over this offering right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. What a privilege it is to bring our tithes and offerings, worshiping you with our giving. Lord, we just love you and praise you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for meeting and supplying all of our needs. You're such a great God. You're so wonderful. Lord, we, we we rejoice in that you always make provision for us. And so, Lord, thank you that you're going to continue to just make provision for every person. And so, Father, we honor you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Ushers, go ahead. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Harvest Bible Church. Some exciting things. We've got lots of things happening. Weather is warm and sunny, so of course we're going to have lots of things going on. (laughs) Which translates to lots of announcements, as you all well know. Uh, Gentlemen, it is the first Saturday of the month coming up this Saturday. I think we all know what that means. Men's breakfast. Men's breakfast is this Saturday, and we meet at 8 a.m. sharp. As soon as it hits 8 a.m., we're lined up for breakfast. We're ready to eat. We take the word, we're out of there by 9 o'clock. That's how men do it. We're, we're ready to go. Uh, so 8 a.m. this Saturday, it's going to be in the Red Room. That's June 3rd. Yes, and it's hard to believe we are less than a month away from our stellar VBS. Yes. Amen. Oh, come on. That is more exciting. I only heard Pastor Mark and Miss Camp. There you go. 
It's an exciting time to share to our community what Jesus is all about. Amen. So, yes, yeah, so we invite you to invite uh, register your children. It is going to be June 19th through June 23rd. It will be from 6 to 8 p.m. each evening. Um, you can register your kids online. You can go through our website or the Church Center app. It is $20 for each kid, which will include all some fun things for them. But make sure you register. That's what holds their spot. We're believing for 100 kids. We're believing for lots of things happening this week. So it's going to be an exciting time. Um, I mean, it's just, there's just so much. Amen. <laughs> but we encourage you to register. Um, if you need any help, you can definitely ask us. But yes, it will be uh, June 19th through the 23rd. It'll be some lots of fun things. Amen. That's awesome. And y'all, last week we talked about uh, a fundraiser that we have coming up for our summer camp, and that is coming up this next Sunday, June 4th. We are having a dunk tank fundraiser. I'm getting dunked, yes. Woo! Doing that. You're not supposed to be that excited about it. I'll you start m- the line up. I'll start the line. You might see some other faces in there. Pastor Mark, I was thinking after yesterday, we might want to get Brian McFarlane in there as some payback. <laughs> That might be fun. So uh, we got some things in the works. And then also Pat has offered to cook some lunch for us. He's going to be making two hot dogs, some chips and a soda, 10 bucks, And everything is going towards getting kids to summer camp at the end of this upcoming June. And I love when we do these fundraisers because the reason I went to camp as a kid is because of things like this. And the reason I always got to go every year was because of the kindness and because the giving of others and because church folk like us, we believe in the youth and the next generation that's upcoming. And we know that money is no excuse not to be there at the end of this next month because God is bigger than money. Amen. 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 So we're very excited to be out there. I'm excited in a different way. Like, you know, like, that should be fun. At least it'll be hot and I'll cool off maybe. Um, but we're very excited for this fundraiser, so if you would please come out. It's going to be in the backyard next Sunday right after service. If you want to make your way out there, get some lunch or make a donation of any amount, throw a ball at, at me and try to dunk me under. Just any frustration you have, you never said, uh, you know, just <laughs> take it out right there and then <laughs> help support our kids go to camp. And so we would appreciate you all so much if you would join us out there next Sunday, show some love to our students. Amen. 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 I'll be first in line, though. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, that doesn't end all the exciting announcements. I am going to hand it off to Miss Pam to finish off the announcements. Amen. <laughs> well, we had um, an exciting weekend last weekend for the ladies. If you uh, went to the retreat, stand up, ladies, all you that went to the retreat. Um, yeah, it was It was awesome. Um, It was my story, his glory, and I've asked Miss Samantha to come up and just share, uh, you can go ahead and have a seat, to share a testimony about how God really touched the teen girls. It was incredible, and um, just the speakers were really great this year. My sister came and um, shared her story, her her testimony for the very first time, really publicly, and it was amazing what, you know, what God brought her through. So come on up, Miss Samantha. Yes, it's on. Okay, so first, I I really want to say thank you for all the sponsors that got all the girls there. Like Karen was saying, it, you guys made it happen for them, and it was an amazing weekend. We got there Friday night, and right away, Pam's message touched my little sister, and right away, the enemy started attacking her, and and. I was ready to take her to the hospital. I was getting my mom. We were going to go. And thank God for all the women down in the lobby. We have some prayer warriors at this church. Like, wow. And they, they just prayed for my sister, and she was set free from, from her. She was in the middle of a panic attack when they started praying for her, and she was immediately set free. And then that just continued on down the line through all the girls. We just prayed for every single girl after that. I know um, we had some uh, healing. Gabriella was set free, or um, what's the word? What's the word? Deliv- not delivered. Healed. Yes, there we go. She was healed. Um, all the girls received something. So it was just an amazing, amazing weekend. And 
I'm happy to let you know that they are still pursuing. They are in the Bible. They, I get texts every day about Bible plans that they're starting and worship songs that they're on right now. So it was a really awesome weekend. Thank you so much for having us. Amen. Come. Oh, it was, it was incredible. Um, It was a very, you know, when you talk about your story, your life, you know, it was amazing when you, and even right now I can look through this room and I can see stories, you know, we all have a story and we all have different chapters and the stories of our life, some are great and some are tragic, some are happy and some are sorrowful, sorrowful. but you know, the key is I, and I, I didn't tie this into the retreat, but I was reminded of a message that Pastor Mark preached several weeks back about we make memorials when we make a memorial out of the memories you know we we don't we don't focus on the bad things in life we make it a memorial an offering to God that Lord I thank you that you are with me and you sustained me you held me you kept me and thank God I'm here today because of his faithfulness amen so God, God is such a great God, and um, and so we thank Him for. It. And again, I want to thank Miss Leticia. Miss Leticia, you're awesome. She um, she's such a blessing. You know, she. You know, Pastor Mark always says that Greg and Leticia make us look good, and they really do. You know, <laughs> they um, everything that they put together and, and create and help. You know, I get these crazy ideas. I got a crazy idea this morning, and they rallied behind me. <laughs> and um, and so they're they're just blessings. And um, can we just give a hand for those two right there? Because they're such a blessing. And Miss Melanie and Angelica. I mean, these two, these two ladies too were, you know, just a blessing at the retreat. Oh, you know, they don't go to the retreat to just go to the retreat. They had to work at the retreat. <laughs> and so Miss Melanie shuttled all the ladies back and forth and it was so much fun, but thank you ladies. And so, um, so this morning, um, we have a very actual, a, spe- a special guest this morning. Pastor Mark does not know about this special guest. Well, of course, we actually do have a very special couple guests. We have our beautiful daughter-in-law, Miss um, Kelly, and my adorable, handsome, most amazing little grandson, Hawkins. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my little buddy. They went and stole him away. I can't believe it. But he came to see Grammy. Just Grammy. I know that's why he's here, to see Grammy. So... <laughs> but I love them and um, they've been visiting. It's just been nice to have them here. And, but we do have another guest. And so, um, as you know, today's Pastor Mark's birthday. Yeah. And um, so I was contacted by this person and they said, you know, I know Pastor Mark from way back when we were young kids. And um, that they hung out together. They're, he says they're about the same age, although I'm not, I'm not really certain that they are. But they said they're about the same age. So we're going to go ahead and welcome them in this morning. Pastor Mark, come on up. Come on up, Pastor Mark. Here we go. about the same age? You mean you roam the earth about the same yeah, time? Yeah. I think he's wanting a birthday hug. I think that's uh, what that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's all sing a uh, happy birthday to Pastor Mark. You kids ready? 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Mark. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. All right, guys, we'll, we'll head back out, and I'll let him preach after that. Good luck with that. But <laughs> Okay, we can all go back to our class, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> we'll take your buddy with us, too. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, just... <laughs> you, you take him with you. Take him with you, take Mr. Dino. We'll get him. <laughs> yep, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mr. Tyrannosaurus Rex there. It's good, good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You know, when I, I started in ministry when I was 19 years old, Okay, all, all the junior high, you guys can go out, you can take off, but uh, I really, st- I tell myself I started when I was 20, really that's when I kind of classify however many years that I've been in ministry and, and doing, and uh, so it's easier to calculate from 20 than it is from 19, just as simple, you know, but uh, and when I was younger, everybody used to ask me, you know, well, how old are you? What are you doing? I said, well, if you promise to hang around, I promise to get older. And uh, now that I'm older, I'm not old, I'm just older. You know, just so you know. And, uh, you, you know, you, you do think we had, a, we had a wonderful day yesterday with 13 folks, guys running around. We did a, a thing called the Murph that people do at, uh, you know, on Memorial Day to honor a, a, a fallen soldier, that that was his go-to thing, which means you run a mile you do 100 pull-ups, you do 200 push-ups, and 300 sit-ups, or no, sit-up at 300 air squats, and then you run another mile, and you see how fast you can do that in your time, so we all did that yesterday, it was a lot of fun with everybody, and so just a blessing with all the young guys, I know you don't think that's fun, but it was fun, it was fun to, to do to see if you don't kill yourself, but it worked out well, and uh, you know, I was the, the senior statesman by 16 years of everybody else, <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time, didn't we, guys? We did, we did. They pushed us. They did good. None of them can sit down now, but it's all good. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no. Praise God. Praise God for people that love God. And thank you all for a happy birthday. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. For those of you that can't count, I'm 64 years old today. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm a young guy. So I feel good, I feel strong, and I'm blessed. Amen? Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 10, because we're going to talk about Pentecost Sunday. And we're going to talk about what we need to have an understanding of why when the Holy Spirit came, but also what kind of life we're supposed to have. Amen? Do you know that Jesus came that you might have life? Some people don't have the, don't have the right kinds of life. But he told us of some lives that he told us that we need to have. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 15 lives this morning, 15 just different things that he wants us as Christians to celebrate. But, uh, uh, you know, my title this morning is that the, my title is, is that God wants us to be an, more than an instrument. He wants us to be an expression. So you have to ask yourself, because he wants us to be, in it. God wants to use us, he wants us to be an instrument, but he really wants us to be an expression of who he really is. Thank God for, for understanding and knowing of what, you know, God loves for us to, to have, uh, you know, a wonderful thing about information. I love to give information, I love to learn, but God doesn't want us just to have an informational ministry. He doesn't want us just to have an inspirational life. How do they, he wants us to have, and I'm gonna read this word because it's a big word. He wants us to have an incarnational life, which means that Jesus was the incarnate. He was God in the flesh, but he wants us to exemplify who he is in our lives. We need to show everybody and express the love of Jesus, but we need to let everyone know when they meet us, glory to God, they're meeting a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Thank you for your overwhelming response. See, usually when you look at that, it kind of makes you all nervous. But if you understand how you're supposed to live, see, most people go around trying to figure out how to help others or not help others, but how to prove to others things. Listen, if you'll just enjoy life and you'll let Jesus be the Lord of your life and you'll do what God's called you to do, you won't have any problem with people running up to you and asking the reason of the hope that's within you. Because you'll be so happy, they'll be, I want what they're eating. I want what they're drinking. I want what they got. Amen? And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? So I'm going to share a whole bunch. of. I could take each one of these and, and preach, you know, an hour or even weeks on them. But I'm just going to give them to you so you know, wait a minute, I'm supposed to have this kind of life. Wait a minute, that's supposed to have this kind of life. Amen? John 10, 10, which is a very, very familiar scripture. It says, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I'm come, Jesus said, that they might have life and that they might have it, have that life more abundantly. Man, aren't you glad? God wants you to have life more abundantly. And, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm fighting this old age thing forever. Okay, I'm going to stay as young as I can and do what I can do, uh, you know. And I think I've shared that with many people because my dad died at the age of 53, and he never saw himself old. And that's why he never could get old, and that's why he allowed things to take place. And I remember him saying that to me, and I thought, you know what? I better see myself old or older. I better see myself doing things. And that point right there, I made a decision of what I was going to do and what I was going to do and what I was going to do each monumental year. You know, each monumental year, when I say that, for me, that was every five years. So every five years, I'm going to try to increase. You know, I've been doing this Murph thing for three years now. And yesterday's time was was actually, uh, you know, 12 minutes faster than my first time and five minutes faster than my time last year. And so, you know, I praise God for that. I'm not bragging on me. I, you know, I blame Brian McFarland for that, okay? So he tries to kill me every week. That's why I, we, we would all pay big money to put him in the dunk tank. That would be so much fun. Hallelujah. It would be a really, it would be the biggest money winning thing. But anyways, but I love Brian. So no, he's a real blessing. And I really appreciate, I really do appreciate him. Amen. But God's desire for us. I want to read you something that A.W. Tozer said back at the turn of the century. And he wrote this. He said this, and I found this. It was so cool. He said, a scared world needs a fearless church. He said, surely Bible reading and Bible believing Christians should be the last persons on earth to give way to hysteria. They are redeemed from their past offenses. They are kept in their present circumstances by the power of an all-powerful God. And their future is safe in his hands. God has promised to support them in the flood, protect them in the fire, feed them in the famine, shield them against their enemies, hide them in his safe chambers, and receive them at last into his eternal tabernacles. Surely... A fear-ridden Christian has never examined his defenses. A fear-stricken church cannot help a scared world. We'll never convince a scared world that there is peace at the cross if we continue to exhibit the same fears as those who make no profession of Christianity. That's an incredible statement that somebody wrote back in the 1900s, early 1900s. And you're thinking, golly, somebody wrote that today about what we just went through and all that. No, they wrote that when uh, all of the swine, all of that stuff, the swine, all the crazy things back in, he wrote that. So wait a minute, a scared world needs a fearless church. Hallelujah. Amen. God's desire, because when the Holy Spirit came, what, what did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1? He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Amen? So he said, wait. Wait. And and we know the Holy Spirit came. And he said, then you'll become witnesses. There's something happens when you get spirit-filled. See, it's one thing to be born of the Spirit. It's another thing to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? It's one thing to have a well of water on the inside of us. But it's a whole other thing to have rivers of living water flowing out of us. Amen? And it's time for the church to become a mighty rushing river. 
It's time for us to take hold of the truths of the word of God because God wants us. He wants us to be transformed people. He wants us to actually reflect his presence and represent him in all of our lives. Amen. That's his heart's desire. That's his heart cry. Now I want you to go to 1 Peter, if you would, with me. We're going to stay in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, all the way through, gives us 15 things that, uh, uh, and I think it's really cool to, to stay there in 1 Peter, because on the day of Pentecost, Peter was the one that got up and gave the great sermon there. Amen? Hallelujah. He was you know, also the one that denied Christ three times. Praise God, God and Jesus visited him three times, appeared to him three times, restored him. Peter gets up and he, on the day of Pentecost and he shares a mighty message. Amen. Hallelujah. Peter also, through First Peter, when he's writing this, he gives us uh, uh, the life of God that we're supposed to operate in. It's supposed to be expressed through us, through our character, through our actions, and through our relationships. Amen. People ought to know that you have Jesus without you telling a word. People ought to know that you are full of life and full of faith without you even saying anything. I used to say this all the time. Listen, everywhere you go, preach Christ and sometimes use words. Everywhere you go, it ought to be your very presence, your very thing that needs to take place. Amen. So look at here in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8. He said this, and this is out of the New King. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. You know the first kind of life you should have is a rejoicing life. You ought to be excited about being born again. Man, if you're not excited about your salvation, you need another dip. We need to hold you down till the bubble stop. We need to get you so that you like life. Amen? You you know, listen, people get born again. They're like, okay, that's cool now. No, no, no. When you get born again, you change. You get transformed. You come out of the kingdom of darkness and you get into the kingdom of his dear son. And you should be rejoicing with joy unspeakable. You got to be so happy that you're going to make heaven. We get so, we you know, doing this and saying, hey, you know, uh, and, and realizing this, it's like people like, well, yeah, I don't know. No, you need to understand how awesome God is. Amen. How wonderful God is. Praise God. You know, I mean, I've been born again for 55 years. 55 years I've been born again. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I'm more excited now than I've ever been in my entire life. I just love, so I said, well, you're the pastor. Yeah, I know. I'm a pastor and a preacher, so I always have to make myself excited. But it doesn't take much to make me excited. It really doesn't. You know, amen? You know, that's verse 8. Jump down to verse 13. Jump down to verse 13. He said, so, and I, I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. I liked it. It says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. The reason, this one here is that you need to have a vigilant life. When you're rejoicing, the, thing, the next thing you need to understand is that guess what? Hallelujah. I've got the power and the I'm preparing my minds for action and exercising of self-control. Glory to God. I am going to, this is so exciting. I love my life. I'm going to guard it. I'm going to make sure nobody takes it away. Because if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your victory. See, the problem is he steals your joy by things that happen, things that take place. And we think joy is an outward thing. No, joy is an inward thing. See, the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, joy, peace. It's taking hold of this. So you to have a witness. The second thing is a vigilant life is just simply saying, I'm preparing my mind. Notice he said you got to prepare your mind because you got to renew your mind. Problem with most Christians, they don't think in line with what God has. They still think, they get born again, but they still think in line of the world. They still think their old way instead of their new way. Listen, God didn't just put a new diaper on you. He changed you. He didn't just put a whole bunch of powder and say, oh, let's just put another. Let's just keep putting some things. No, he changed you, cleaned you up. Got you all clean and ready to go. Amen. He did. He got things here. Hallelujah. God, God did some supernatural things for you. Amen. He really did. See, because when you, you know, rejoice in, in this new birth and then you say, you know what? I want to keep this joy. I want to get my mind renewed on the word of God because he goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, he says, you're supposed to have a holy life. And everybody gets nervous about that. But listen, folks, we're supposed to live holy. We're not supposed to act like the world acts. Amen. He said there in, in, in 
First Peter 1.15. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who, who chose you is holy. And that's the New Living Translation. In the King James Version, it says this. It says, but as he which has called you is holy, to, you know, called you as holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation or all manner of lifestyle. Amen? What that simply means is that you don't do the things you used to do. You change. Amen. And you realize there's an honest of God. I'm going to fight to keep this joy and I'm going to fight to receive what God has. And I know I'm serving a holy God. And the funny thing about people when they think about holiness, they get all like, well, I can't do this. I can't. No, no, no. When you get to honor God, God sets you free and he shows you how to enjoy life, how to have fun. Because there's a lot of things you think are unholy that God would probably call blessed. Remember what Peter was on the housetop and he fell into a trance and God says, I know he's talking about the Gentiles and he put all these unclean things and Peter said, oh no, not so Lord. I've never tasted any of those. I wouldn't do that. And God said, don't you call unclean what I've cleansed. See, the problem is, is we don't ever get our mind cleansed enough to know what is holy and what is unholy. Amen. Hallelujah. But God wants us to have a rejoicing life. He wants us to have a vigilant life and he wants us to have a holy life because you know what the holy life does? It separates all the condemnation. Thank you for your overwhelming response. How do you know why Romans chapter eight, verse one says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. There's no condemnation when right now, man, when you're free of condemnation and guilt, man, you're free. Talk about freedom. And nobody can put that on you. Nobody can mess you up. Amen? Jump down to the 21st verse. Jump down to the 20. Remember, I got 15 of these, so you guys got to listen fast because I got to get through them all, all right? Hallelujah. First, First Peter 1.21 says this. It says, you know... <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation. It says, through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Amen. Hallelujah. In the, New, I mean, in the King James Version, it says, who by him do believe in God you know, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. I like this one here because it says you've come to trust in God. When you have faith in God, you have trust in God. God wants you to have a trusting life. And it, it seems to me that that's one of the hardest things for us to do is to really trust God with everything. It's kind of like the little joke that says somebody's hanging onto a branch, hanging off the cliff, and they're screaming, is there anybody up there can help me? Anybody up there help me? And all of a sudden, there's a voice from heaven that says, I can help you. It's like, great, great. So what do I need to do? Let go of the branch. And the guy hanging onto the branch says, is there anybody else up there that can help me? Because we don't trust God. Amen. We don't trust it, but God wants us to have a trusting life. This one here I could spend hours on because how do, we can trust him. Hasn't God been faithful? Yes. You know, I can look over my life. The greatest thing, he's been so faithful. He has been so faithful. And he wants us to have a trusting life, to trust him that he'll cause us. We're going to finish, folks. We're going to finish. We're going to go out in a blaze of glory. I love, you know, one of the sayings that Brother Self says. He said, listen, we started in the fire. We're not going to go out in the smoke. We are going to go out in the fire of the Holy Ghost. And it's Pentecost Sunday, the power. And I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Isn't it amazing? The Holy Spirit is called our comforter, and people are terrified of him. They're terrified of whatever he can do. And yet he's the third person of the God. He's the only part of the God that, that's at work in the earth today. And the enemy has lied to us that he's against us or lied to us that he's going to make us do things that we wouldn't want to do or he's going to make us look foolish or he's going to make all the... He, the enemy has lied to us because we know that with the Holy Spirit, there's, that's the power and the anointing of God. Hallelujah. The greater one. That's where our authority arrives. That's where everything... He's, he's renewed us on the inside of us and we can trust him. Amen. But it's amazing how people, the devil has just lied people through their head. Uh, and so they, then they have a life that's lower than where they're supposed to have. Yeah. Amen. The next one is, is that God wants you to have a loving life. It's verse 22. So it's in the very next verse. Seeing you have purified your souls, you know, in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Amen. 
The New Living Translation says this. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Amen. There's another scripture in 1 Peter 4, 8 talks about how to have deep love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. And when you understand true love, the love of God, when the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, Romans 5, 5 says, it says, it makes you not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of my brothers and sisters. I'm not ashamed to pray for them. I'm not ashamed to love them, care for them. How do, because I thank God for the people I hang around. I like the company I keep. You guys are awesome. I actually like you. You know, I do. I do. You know, I pastor a church I like. I go to a church I like. I know a lot of pastors go to churches they don't like. They pastor people they don't like. And it's like, you need to get away from them because you're going to hurt them. Because, you know, the thing about it is, is that they think people are supposed to, to you know, to, that, that they think people are the gifts instead of them being the gift. See, I'm a gift to Harvest Bible Church. I'm to serve Harvest Bible Church. I'm the pastors are gifts. You know, prophets are gifts. Apostles, we're gifts. God gave gifts to the church. We're a gift to be a blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. And so we honor and we love and we care. You know, and I'm blessed in that. Hallelujah. In fact, what Paul said to the Philippian church, he said, you're my joy. Hallelujah. And my heart is with you. You're my joy. My, you know, and that, so you're my joy. I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth and receive things and get things and do things. It's a joy. Why? Because if you don't know that, if you don't have that, and why is it such a joy? Because you do what the word of God says to do. Because you do have a rejoicing life. Hopefully you're fighting for that. You're having a vigil. You're not going to let the devil steal anything from you. Amen? And you're walking in the light of the word. You're going to have a holy life, but you're also going to have a trusting life and you're also going to have a loving life. Because see, when you walk in love, glory to God, things happen. Amen? You know, I used to, know, I used to say about walking in love all the time. People say, I want to know where that's in the Bible. Where does the Bible say we got to walk in love? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, walk in love. Just so you know where it's at. Walk in love. What that simply means is you're going to have to walk in love. You ever ask the Lord, how come I always got to walk in love? Nobody else seems to be walking in love. Because you know better. Because you know how to, and you're going to receive, and God's going to do it. Amen? Amen? So we have to do that. We have to tell And notice it says here that we're supposed to uh, uh, love each other as brothers and sisters, reaching out. Do you know the way, the only way that you can show God how much you love him is by how much you love his kids? You can say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And God say, okay, go help somebody. <laughs> Lord, I don't love you that much. Like I said, we could take hours on these and just step all over your toes. I might develop this into a whole series, maybe a 15-part series, and just smash it. No, I didn't want to do that. Anyways, hallelujah. Let's go on to the next one. This is First uh, Peter 2, 1. Look at this one here. Hallelujah, because I got I to go on. I got to keep moving. He said this, uh, you know, in, in, in First Peter 2, 1. He says, wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and enemies and all evil speaking. Here it is here in the New Living Translation. It says, so Get rid of all your evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. God wants you to change. If you haven't changed, he wants you to have a transformed life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It means you got to change your thinking. God wants you to be... Man, you, you, you got passed from death unto life. Life. He wants you to have life more abundantly. And that's what we're doing. We're just finding out how much life there is in God. How much joy there is to be in fellowship with him. How much joy... Because he wants to continue how to show himself how great he is to you and I. Amen. We just go from life to life. We go from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. We're going to have glory down here, and we're going to get to go to glory up there. Amen? We're going to let God be God in our life. Why is it important? Because God wants that. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. 
But if you don't know the kind of life you're supposed to have, you say, well, everything's terrible, everything's wrong. This happened, that happened. That's when you can just get up and go, glory to God. I'm so glad. Hallelujah. That my joy is not based on what's going on around me. Hallelujah. My joy is based on what's in me. And God's going to do this. So I'm just going to trust him. I, God said he never leave me nor forsake me. God said he meet and supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Not mine. His. Hallelujah. God said he'd make a way where there seems to be no way. I can trust him. And I'm going to fight for the goodness of God. I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm going to be like David said. I'm going to take hold and say, Glory, I would have fainted. I would have died had I not believed to see the goodness of God. I don't see any goodness. I don't see any. But I'm going to believe to see it. And I'm going to get it. Amen. Because of his love, his grace. Why? Because I trust him. Because I love him. Hallelujah. And I'm going to change. And people look at you and go, you know, that guy, he's just crazy. I don't think he has enough sense to worry. I don't think he has enough sense to be concerned about what's all going in his life. Do you know why? Let me give you the next one. Look at 1 Peter 2.5. Look at the next one. This is pretty. This is really cool. I love this. He said, you also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation says this. It says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Aren't you glad that you've got a priestly life? That you're the high priest of your home. I've told that to people a lot of times. Oh, you want to become the priest of your home. That's about, that's, it's about time. Tell that to guys all the time. It's about time you become the priest of your home. Quit letting everybody else dictate what God says and does. It's about time you become the high priest of your thing, that you become this priest. You have a priestly life. You, have, you offer up priestly sacrifices. Remember what it says in Revelations chapter 5? He said, God has made, unto, made us unto himself priests and kings unto our God. Y'all looking at me like, you know, go to Revelation right there. Hang on. Come on. Y'all know I'm preaching better than y'all responding. It's all right. Hallelujah. Because I'm having fun. Amen. And I should have brought my glasses out. This is my, I got my little Bible here. It's tough. Hallelujah. But that's okay. It, uh, amen. Glory to God. Amen. God is good. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready there? You can, you, Revelations chapter 5, begin reading. Uh, uh, verse, we'll go with verse 9. It says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, for out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign where? On the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So he said, we've been made unto, he's made unto us that we has been made unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign. I could go on and keep preaching. It's so good. But we need to know that we have a priestly life, that we have a right to bring holy sacrifices unto our king, to offer up the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name, that we have the right to stand up and say, wait a minute, I can stand up and be how to, the one that speaks life into my household. That's what I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to have that kind of a reign, that kind of life. Why? Because he made me that. He made me king and he made me priest. I love it. Well, you'll get that on the way home, hopefully. Hallelujah. Glory. Let's keep going. You ready for this? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, God's got it because we say, well, what good is that? You get to partake of all things. And hallelujah, you get to honor God with your life. Praise God. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 9. Verse 9 says this. Oh, I love this verse. I love this verse in every, every translation. It says, verse 9 in the King James says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He's always t- he's talking about the church. A peculiar people. Now, that, that we could take a lot of ways, man. Praise God. But that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen? You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know, and, you know, another translation says, but you are God's own special people. 
that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Did you know that you're supposed to have a proclaiming and a declaring life? See, if you're a priest, you're supposed to offer up sacrifice. What are, what are we supposed to offer? It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks. Our priestly duties are to give honor to God and to give praise to God and to speak words of life for over all and to speak blessings over our families, speak blessings over our church and speak blessings over all those that are around us. Amen. So this one here is where you've got to start. You've got to understand you've got to proclaim and you've got a, a life that's supposed to talk and it's supposed to talk life, not death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why you got to make sure you're speaking life and not death. Amen? Because he you know, goes on to say, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof, which means you're going to get the fruit of whatever you're saying. So when I say it's a proclaiming life, it's a declaring life. What are you declaring? What are you proclaiming? How do you, because it's your right. Why? Because you're a chosen generation. Aren't you glad God got you born in? God drew you in at this time. How did we get to go through all the hardships, all the persecutions, all the craziness and go glory to God. God's kind of count me faithful. God's got more faith in me than I got in myself. God thinks I can handle it. God thinks I can make it through. Amen. See, we walk around going, I don't know about this Christian life. It's hard. This Christian life is hard. What? You got the greater one living and dwelling on the inside of you. you, you you've been born again. You've been changed. You've been transformed. You've been taken out of that crazy life and brought into this. Yeah, there's opposition. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But how do you know you have faith? Because God chose you. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Yes, you're a peculiar. Yeah, you're a peculiar person, but you're special. Amen. But you're special in the right ways. Amen. You know, that's why I never understood. I never understood people being ashamed of being a Christian. When people come, oh, you're one of those. You're one of, and I look, I'm like, and you're not? Holy cow. You're missing out. You're missing out on the greatness and the goodness and the blessings of God. I am so thrilled and so happy. They say, well, he's just crazy. He's just stupid. They just don't have enough sin. Then it's not, you know, they're all dumb. And then it's like, yeah, we're dumb enough to just keep going, loving God, having a blast. You know? Amen. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Come on, we got to keep going. You guys are a little slow. Go back to, look at here, 1 Peter 2.15. Look at 1 Peter 2.15. You know, I'm just teasing. I just love all of it. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. 1 Peter 2.15 says this. For, <laughs> for so is the will of God that we, that with well-doing, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. In the, in the New Living Translation, it says this. For it is God's will that by doing good, hallelujah, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. So that means, and what this simply means is we're going to have a life that counts. I like to say it's a life of virtue or it's a virtuous life, which simply means it's a life of excellence. Amen. Listen, we as children of God, we ought to be living a life of excellence. We ought to do things to the best of our ability. Now, understand this. You know, say, well, it may not be as good as this. It doesn't matter. As long as you're giving your best, it's a life of excellence. That's as best as you could. You know? I remember a little old lady, and you know, that came, and I always use this story because she was so upset. She came into my office. She said, "Pastor, everybody's just mad at me. They're all mad at me." I said, "Well, what's going on?" Well, she said, "Isn't this right that if your best is an apple pie and my best is fifty thousand dollars, it's the same, right?" Pie fifty thousand. <laughs> yep, it's the same if that's your best, because it is. This lady just happened to be very rich. And so they would need something and she'd want to just buy it or she would buy it. or she. And then, so the other ladies were really mad at her because they think that she was just, just showing off. And it just so happened her husband who had died left her very, very rich. You know, she called me one day and said, oh, Pastor, guess what? I just found another 50000 And that was 25, 30 years ago, okay? It was pretty good. Yeah, what are we going to do, you know? Hey, lady, how are we going to handle this? I said, well, we're just going to bless God. We have a good time. You know, see what the Lord says. You know, I helped her give away hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. She never gave me a penny. I moved her from Pennsylvania, literally moved her, got her a U-Haul, moved her personally, drove her all the way down to, to go to, at that time it was PTL before it all crashed, and moved her down there, got her in there, and that's where she lived out the rest of her days, being a blessing to the rest of the body of Christ. So it was a really cool thing, you know, to help her. But in the process of doing all that, to try to get people to see and know how to handle things, 
Because see, when I said that, it just kind of tweaked your whole brain about 50,000. And, and that's exactly what she said. You know, because I mean, I mean, it was cool. We got to sit down and write out, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of checks to bless people all around the world. But she uh, said, well, why did she have you do it? Because she wanted uh, to just, you know, to, to get connected with and stuff and do things. But in her mind, that's what it was because she couldn't cook a lick. She couldn't really do anything a lick. She just had tons of money. <laughs> you know, and she dressed really pretty, really nice. She had really rich things, but, you know, but the thing about it was with that, when you understand, she was trying to do things with excellence, and that's, she was just trying to fit in as best she could. Don't you wish you had her in your church now? So, uh, I had a friend like that. Now, nah, praise God for God's grace. Amen. Okay, we got seven more, and we got to do this in about 10 minutes. You guys got this? So let's do it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, we got one, two, three, four, five, six more. Sorry, six more, not 10 more, six more. Hopefully, you're all counting. There was supposed to be 15, so I think you got there, right? We did nine or we do 10? We did nine. We're on nine. You're doing okay. We got six more, so we're good. You ready? It should be, yeah, whatever this one is. It could be 10 or nine, whichever one. I think I counted them right. If not, there is that many, okay? 1 Peter 2, 17. So important to see. 1 Peter 2, 17 says this. It says, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. This one here, the reason I put this one in here is, believe it or not, we ought to live a life of honor. And we are here today. We're honoring Memorial Day. We're, we're honoring all the because thank God for those that gave their life in World War II to give us freedom. Thank God for even all the other wars that they were trying to do what they thought was right. Thank God, hallelujah, for those that died for our freedom so we could enjoy all the things that we're doing. That's what probably makes me the most maddest now about everybody here who didn't do anything, haven't done it, and they want to do away with history, and they want to do away with anything that's good, you know, and, and they want to say all this stuff, and they want to push all of their agendas. The only reason they can in our country is because of everything of our history. And yet they have no, no loyalty, no honor, no nothing. We have a, such a dishonoring nation and a dishonoring group of folks. It's terrible. And, and we need to honor. And it flows over into our spiritual walk. We need to honor. We need to be honorable. You know? And we need to be honorable. I mean, I taught a message one time, which is the message that was such a big blessing to, to my wife, Pamela, before she was my wife, was called honoring the dishonorable. And how do you honor somebody who's totally dishonorable? How do you, how do you take the high road and how do you handle when, when people aren't doing right things and you've still got to do the right stuff? Amen? Because we as Christians, we've got to walk the high road no matter what because we're honoring God. I've got to do what God says to do more than I've got to do with anybody else. Amen. I've got to show proper respect for everybody. We don't have that honor. You know, people don't have honor for people that are older than them. Amen. We should have honor. We should honor. We're supposed to honor our wives as the weaker vessels. We're supposed to give honor. There's honor. There's all kinds of ways of what we do. But, but as Christians, we're supposed to have an honoring life. It's just who we are. It's not because, oh, we're doing something to get something, but we're doing something because it's right. It's honorable. Amen? It ought to be a part of your your makeup. It ought to be a part of who you are. Amen? To honor, easy to honor, and to give honor to those that deserve it and make sure that we do. Amen? It's such a blessing that we need to have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The next one is in 1 Peter 3, verse 8. 1 Peter 3, 8 says this. It says, finally, be you all of one mind and having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Amen. The NIV says this. Finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. You know, you're supposed to have a compassionate and a humble life. Have humble. Humble yourself which simply means that you're honoring and you're loving and you're going to be like-minded, but you're going to try to help one another. Amen? And we should be all like-minded. We should be all speaking the same thing. Amen? 
God's hand, his plan, his purpose for our lives is that we as Christians ought to be the most compassionate and we ought to be the most humble people. We give God the glory and the praise. Thank God for what we can do. Amen. Thank God. It's okay to say, somebody says you doesn't say thank you. It's okay to say thank you, but we still understand that it's all because of the Lord. Amen. First Peter 3.15 says, says this, is that, <clears throat> it's, and this is out of the New International Version too. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, which simply means we as Christians ought to be the most prepared, the most well-rounded. We ought to be able to answer a lot of questions, especially the questions about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to make so we have Christ in our hearts and we have him there. We always be prepared to give an answer. And it's all because of Jesus, because we love Jesus. Amen. Be ready to give an answer to every man who asks the reason of the hope that's within you. Because, you know, the world's asking. And they're going to start coming because when you start having these kind of lives in your life, people are going to say, man, what's going on in your life? You've changed. Amen. Because you stop being grumpy. You stop grumbling. Hallelujah. Because see, the next one, and we're going to get down to that one too. The next one is in 1 Peter 4, 7. Jump over there. I'm going through this a little quicker because you guys aren't listening fast enough. Now, 1 Peter 4, 7. I'm just teasing. 1 Peter 4, 7, this. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. And he says, be therefore, all right, ready? Sober and watch with or watch unto prayer. Because this is probably one of the greatest ones is we are supposed to have a prayerful life. We're supposed to be men and women of prayer and honoring God in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're ha- we need to do that. Because, you know, uh, the, end, the New Living Translation says this. It says, the end of the world is coming. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. How many you know that prayer changes things? How many you know that prayer doesn't change God? It changes you and gets you to receive and gets in a position for God to move in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. And the next one is uh, 1 Peter 4, 9, which says this. It says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Amen. It means that we are supposed to be the most giving, the most hospitable, the most caring people in the world. And we're supposed to have a hospitable life. When I say that hospitable life, which means that, hey, we want to give and we want to sow. And we need to do it without grumbling or complaining. And then the very last one is this, is to have a stalwart life. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Because why? This is what we're getting to, because there is an enemy arrayed against us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is roaring like a lion, and he's walking about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren and that are in the world. Amen? He said this, it's time to be sober, to be vigilant, to come against the enemy of the devil. We got a, a stalwart life simply means I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to resist that no matter what, doesn't matter what the enemy's throwing at me, I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to take the shield of faith and I'm going to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, I mean, you've got to stand up. You got to have a little bit of a backbone. You got to, why? Because God gave us all of these lives. He gave it. He said, we're supposed to be having these in our life. This is the kind of Christian life that we have. All these adjectives that we have here, that describes what Jesus did when he said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't come and say, I've come that you might have a bunch of do's and don'ts. Do, 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 don't, 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 do, 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 you know, do all these things you have to do and don't do all these things here and do this and do this and you're trying to weigh whether you did, a month, you did enough do's and didn't do enough don'ts. No, he said, I've come that you might have life. Because if we can get the God kind of life on the inside of us and we can get the mind of Christ and understanding that life, that it's the life of Christ that changes us, hallelujah, and get a hold of it, then everything else changes. I tell people, listen, if you'll just live a life of Christ and if you'll live a life united with him and you'll live your life and get excited about all the things he's doing, you don't have to worry about the don'ts. And here's the thing else. You don't have to worry about it. Well, am I doing enough? You'll be doing so much because people will be asking you. They'll be coming and they'll be talking to you. 
And I'll say, hey, can you do this? Can you help me? Can you? you won't have time. To, you know, the only thing you'll have time to do is decide, okay, Lord, is this you or it isn't you? Do I help this one or do I help this one? See, because, well, I'm supposed to help everybody. No, you're not. Now, did that shock you? Did that make you upset? God didn't call you to be the savior of everybody. He, Jesus is that. Jesus helped everybody. You're supposed to help those who he tells you to help. And if he doesn't tell you, you just say no. And we have a hard time with that. I have a really hard time with that. But you've got to find out. And sometimes it's no is the best answer in the world. Don't feel led. Oh, God doesn't love me. No. God's just not going to use me to meet that need. God got somebody else. Or God's going to get it to you. God's going to show you how to do it. God's going to meet your need. Amen. Hallelujah. We take hold of these. Why? Because when we receive the life of God, it changes us. Folks, let's live this. Let's live this out. Let's finish this thing. Let's finish it. And like I said, we're not going to go out in the smoke. We're going to go out in the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire and the power of God, the presence of God. And if we'll start living this, God will start showing us things and God will start using us to touch lives. Because that's what it's all. It's all about getting people born into the kingdom of God. It's all about keeping the church saved. It's all about getting the backsliders to come in. Because why? Because we want to bring back the king. We want Jesus to come back. And he's coming back for a glorious church. He's not coming back for a half beat up. I mean, God wants a glorious bride. Who wants to marry somebody that's ugly and can't handle it? That's not cool. He wants the church to realize, hey, we're going to. He's coming back for a glorious church. He's coming back for us. And doing the things that God's called us to do. Amen? Amen? And you guys are looking pretty. You're looking good. We're going to keep going forward. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. We glorify your name. Lord, I've just shared a pastoral sermon today to share and to talk. This is what you want. You've, you've come to give us life and life more abundantly. You, 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 that's what happened on the day when the Holy Spirit came. Man, the church broke out and, and the power and the presence of God went out into the streets. And the whole world knew that something had happened. They heard them. They understood them about the glorious works of God, the great things, and about what was taking place. Father, thank you that multitudes were born into the kingdom of God and that your hand was there. And Father, we're believing for multitudes to be born into the kingdom of God, that each and every person here has people they can talk to, they can reach, they can touch. They have a sphere of influence that will just change everything. Lord, we just honor you for that. We love you and thank you. Oh, we honor you and praise you, Lord. You're such a great God. And Father, I thank you for each and every one. Thank you, Father, for this day, for this hour. Because, Father, I don't know everybody here, but if there's anybody here that's come this morning, they may not know about Pentecost. They may not know about the Lord Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross for them. And if you are here today and and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never become a follower of Jesus Christ, you never believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and made him your personal savior, because you can know about Jesus, you can believe in him, but if you have never made him your personal savior, you're not born again. You're not going to make heaven. You can know about him. You can even believe in him, but if you don't have, have not made him your personal savior, you haven't believed enough to confess, Jesus Christ, I want you as my Lord and savior. And I believe, and I thank you that you forgive me of my sins, and I take you as my personal Lord and Savior. That's how you get born again. That's what it's all about. So if you're here and you haven't done that and you want to this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Because someone said, well, how do I do that? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, says if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. Simplistic. It's a simplistic prayer, but it's you believe in that prayer. He said, because with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's why with your mouth, you've got to confess Jesus in order to be born again. Jesus said, if you don't confess me before men, I won't confess you before the Father. So if you're here and you haven't done that, or if you're watching, you can do it too. Right where you're at, you can get born again. You can make Jesus the Lord of your life just by that simple little prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I accept you as my Lord and Savior right now. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins, cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Amen. So if you're here, say, that's me. Just raise your hand. Let's pray. Let's pray together. God wants it. God loves you. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to believe you're all born again. Now, lift up your heads and look at me for a second. 
One thing about Pentecost Sunday is something happened on Acts chapter 2. For those of you that don't know it, if you don't know about what, what, being, what does it mean to be spirit-filled, what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, what, what happened on that, what does Pentecost actually mean? It means the Holy Spirit came 10 days after Jesus ascended up. It was 50 days after Jesus was crucified on the cross. That's why, or he actually 50 days after he was raised from the dead. Amen? And so on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, and he came like a mighty rushing wind. And cloven tongues of lichen of fire sat upon each of them, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Everybody since then has been trying to, to convey all the other tongues, and everybody since then has been trying to push that away. Yes, they heard them in their own languages, whether or not they heard them specifically in there with a known on their outside ears, or they heard them because of what was on the inside speaking. Hallelujah. You know, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't really tell us, but the Bible does tell us that, hallelujah, thank God, those were all Jews that went out and spoke to all the Jewish proselytes on that day. But in Acts chapter 10, when, uh, you know, Peter was going, went to Cornelius' house, who was a Gentile, which includes all of us who are Gentiles, hallelujah, he went there and he began to speak and he was shared, he, and he, he understood that God was no respecter of person, and he began to preach to them about Jesus being, dying on the cross, but while he was preaching to them, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fell, the Bible says, and they all began to speak in other tongues, hallelujah, and Peter reiterating this when he got called on the carpet in Acts chapter 15, he said, listen, the same spirit that fell on us on the day of Pentecost is the same spirit that fell on him, what was I going to do, amen, and you remember in Acts chapter 8 when Philip went down to the city of, uh, 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 of you know, there Samaria, and he went down and began to preach Christ to them, and they were all born again because he preached Christ, them hearing and seeing the miracles that he did, and then when Peter and John were back at Jerusalem, said they heard that, that they had all received Christ, and they knew that, but they said the Holy Spirit hadn't come upon any of them yet, they sent Peter and John down there, and they laid their hands on them, and all that they laid their hands on, all got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, and then Simon the sorcerer said, hey, I want this gift, let me give you some money, let me do this, and Peter said, hey, your money's going to perish with you. You're going to be in trouble. You want me to keep quoting it? We can just quote the whole book of Acts if you like. We can get do it here. But the key is what happens when you get down to Acts chapter 19 and verse 6 when Jesus, not you, but Paul gets down and he meets those guys at, 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 you know, down there and he says, hey, at Ephesus, he said, hey, have you heard, received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we didn't even heard that there be any Holy Spirit. Well, then what baptism were you baptized? Under John's baptism. He said, well, John actually baptized under repentance, but there's one that come after Jesus who baptized, and he laid his hands on them and they were all born, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to prophesy. Speak by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Amen. God did good things. When you look at what the Word of God begins to say, people get all nervous. So, so just relax. Hallelujah. See, now I know because I was in that nervousness. I was raised in a church that speaking in tongues was of the devil. Don't get around them Pentecostal folks. It's dangerous. You'll catch something. <laughs> Seriously, I was told that my whole life until I just was so hungry for God. I said, God, they, they, they got something I don't have. There's a heart hunger here that I don't have. And I don't know anything about it. All I know is I want you. And if, and if this is true, show me. And he began to show me. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I got off the roller coaster. And I got on a rocket ship. And I've been on that rocket ship ever since. All right. So understand all that, how, how the difficulty is in it. Now, I'm not going to do anything today. We're not going to have an altar call today for that. I just don't feel led to do that right now. But I'm going to stir up your curiosity. I'm going to teach on the subject, teach on those things so you can. Because, you know, I tried to grasp it with my head for a year. A solid year. I tried to figure out the Holy Ghost in my head. Man, I'm so glad God's bigger than my brain. Amen. But I am so glad I yielded to him. And allow God to be God in my life. And see, that's the key. How hungry are we? What can we do? Let's allow God to be God. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. We're going to have our prayer team come down. They'll pray with you. All of them can pray with you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. They can pray with you for salvation. Pray with you. It's a blessing. I love you. God loves you. And thank you all for your honoring me for my birthday. I love all of you. Be blessed. Have a great, great uh, week. We love you. God loves you. Be blessed. You're dismissed.